FIS Castaway, the podcast keeping you in the know about the shipping and commodity world. To keep up to date, sign up to our FIS Live app at www.fis-live.com or follow us on Twitter and LinkedIn. And welcome back to Castaway, FIS's freight and commodity podcast. It is Wednesday, the 13th of October, and I'm back and the main crew is back. We've got Kerry here and Theo as well. So the three musketeers. Good, on, good uh, to be back. Good to be back in the middle of a, a very long LME week this week in London. Uh, so exactly. So we've got a kind of normal podcast episode for you this week, looking at the news, looking at those indexes, and looking a bit behind the scenes of what's been happening over the last week in or so in those markets. So in the news, well, the Kremlin's ambassador to the EU has called on Europe to mend ties with Moscow uh, to avoid future gas shortages, but insisted that Russia had nothing to do with the recent jump in prices. <laughs> Uh, The congressional stalemate over America's debt ceiling looks like it may be easing after Republicans signaled support for a short extension. Taiwan's defense minister said that tensions with China were at a 40-year high. Uh, In Asia, coal shortages are continuing with power cuts in China and threats of the same in India with about three days stock left, I think. In the Hong Kong Stock Exchange, suspended trading of the indebted Chinese property developer Evergrande, uh, its shares. And the EU launched the largest ever green bond with a uh, 12 billion euro sale, attracting more than 135 billion euro uh, of orders. And obviously the main news, the most important news, is that with those continuing supply chain problems, uh, we're being warned that there may be Christmas food supply shortages in the UK. So if you <laughs> do see Get those turkey, turkeys in now. Exactly. Yeah. Get those turkeys in right now. You're hearing it here first. Um, all those Christmas puddings, everything that will last, uh, buy it right now. Uh, but then let's look at the indexes. Uh, on Brent, we have seen a marginal increase. Uh, 82.70 was Tuesday the 5th close FAS report, and yesterday closed 83.36, but above that 80 level. So we smashed through that since uh, I was last recording this. Indeed. On the uh, high sulfur fuel oils, uh, we are dropping on the 3.5% Rotterdam. Uh, 46480 down about a percent. The Sing 380, however, was up 0.5 percent uh, to 490. Uh, Rot 0.5 that was up 1.9 percent, 56628 closing last night. And the Sing 0.5 up 2.6 percent. And the high fives some big swings on the uh, the last couple of weeks uh, was 86 last week, last Tuesday, and 99 yesterday, up 15.1 percent, and 86 for the Sing moving to 101, back above that 100 level up 17.4%. Uh, Kerry, what about the freight? Yeah, the Cape size at 79535 on the Cape size 5TC. That's down $1,342 or 1.6% week on week. Uh, worth noting, it did drop much more sharply this morning, um, another 5,000. Uh, the Panamax 4TC at 33814 That's down $109 or 0.3% week on week. And Theo on the iron ore? Uh, on the iron ore, uh, the plat 62% yesterday uh, settled at $128.50, which is up $10.70 or 9% week on week. The fast market 65% uh, settled at $152.30, which is up $13.80, uh, up 10%. And the uh, spread 65-62 uh, settled at $23.80, which is up $3.10, which is up 14.98% week on week. And then on the tankers, uh, TC2, flap, 100, and now 100. TC5, uh, 103.93, closing 104.29, movement, 0.3% uh, up. The T3C, the VL, is down 1.4%, but we have finally moved out of starting with a three-handle, uh, 40.95. And TD25, big mover of the week, uh, 24.9%, are 102.5. 
And then finally, with the carbon markets, uh, EUA future, this DEC 21 currently trading around 59.75 euros with the DEC 22 at $60. And the GEO, that's uh, voluntary side on the CME, uh, $6.25 DEC 21 and the NGO, $8 flat for DEC 21 also. Well, moving into what's been happening, why don't we start with you, uh, Kerry, on the, on the freight as the 5,000 bucks moving down. Exactly. Well, what goes up must come down, as they say. Um, Although I think in the case of the cake markets, the steep sell-offs over the past few days have left a lot of traders scratching their heads. It is quite true that the speed and scale of the rise on these capes has left a lot of people looking for explanations. Uh, Looking at recent trade flows, it's pretty clear one of the key drivers has been the increasing ton mileage on coal shipments. Those coal shortages coming to bite, both thermal and coking. And uh, and all of that surplus, incremental surplus coal that's coming out is coming out of the U.S., which makes for some very long front hauls as that gets shipped out to Asia. Um, paired with these ongoing COVID-related crew change delays at ports worldwide, this has been, I think, what's really helped to boost rates to current levels. Now, these factors certainly haven't changed in the short term. So the sell-off on the physical indices probably a little bit sentiment driven, uh, despite the Cape 5 TC average falling by almost $5,000 this morning again to uh, 74,540. We are hearing that a front haul was fixed today for delivery off the continent, 21st, 22nd October dates at $120,000 a day. So well above index, indicating that index probably has to rise again tomorrow or at least level out. Um, now on paper, we've seen a lot of people profit taking, and I think that accounts for the sharp drops we've seen both last Thursday and yesterday. Uh, But it's worth noting those moves have been on relatively thin volumes compared to to the volumes we saw on the way up. The November Cape 5 TC trading 52,000 this morning on FIS Live. That's down 10,000 week on week, while the Q1 continues to see a very, very heavy backwardation, trading 27,950 this morning, down a tick over 1,000 week on week. The Panamaxes have been vastly more range bound over the past week. A steady physical market has supported the levels on the paper. Um, although the sharp sell off yesterday on capes and some generally toppy talk in the market saw the Panamax front month sold down as well. Uh, activity in both basins, though, on the physical remains healthy, and any selling yesterday sort of had an air of caution about it, I think, trading in relatively light volume on the way down, thinning out right at the close, leaving the curve looking a little more balanced. This morning, we've already seen a bit of a bounce back with the November 4TC Panamax paper trading at 38,975. This morning, the Q1 holding at 30,875. And I think it's probably worth putting in a little bit wider context. We've got some great figures from Emma, our senior analyst here at FIS, looking at where we were kind of year to date versus year to date last year. Yeah. Just give you a kind of sense of that. So, (laughs) 2020, we posted over 700,000 lots for Cape size alone. Uh, yet in 2021, we are already seeing more than 50% increase in volumes compared to that 2021. Very much so. And 150, oh, more than 150% increase in rates, or average rates. Yeah. Because uh, if you remember all the way back in terms of, and this is true of Capes and it's true of Panax and Supermaxes as well, looking at those which were average rates for 2020 below 8,000 a day. Yeah. And now you're looking above 25,000 exactly. average for this year. So some incredible movements. And, and, and that average is likely to, to probably move up, um, you know, for the for the remainder of the year. So And staying on current rates, yeah. estimated that we would actually get through 900,000 days cleared, Mark, um, at current yeah. rates continuing. At current rates continuing. So the notional values in that market have just gone up fantastically. Um, the volumes are super liquid on the capes, as you would guess, right? You know, these extreme moves we've seen back and forth this year have 
I think highlighted to many, many people why they need to be hedging yeah. um, their cape exposures and really their freight exposures across dry. And it's a nice one looking at the, uh, the Panamax is very close, tantalizingly close to that 1 million mark as well. Exactly, exactly. So, Perhaps I think that we see, will... see if we can finally bust through that level this year on volumes. I'm exactly. sure we definitely yeah. will yeah. Uh, on this kind of thing. Um, and also looking at the, all these factors and the big questions of, especially the backward dated curve, all questions of when this is going to come off are causing this volatility that we're exactly. seeing in the market. Um, exactly. And, 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 and of course, the, the COVID related supply chain disruptions. This is the manifestation of those in the freight markets as well. Yeah. So everyone loves another story about uh, supply chain problems <laughs> exactly. in 2021. Uh, but now moving on to oil and products, we have kind of generally seen an increase uh, in prices along with the rises that we've seen in Brent. Um, we have seen some divergence between the Rotterdam and the Singapore uh, bunker prices. So you can see that reflected uh, in the east-west rates. So there's a difference between eastern fuel and western fuel, as, as the name denotes, uh, with rock prices dropping relative to Sing. So the 380 east-west, the high sulfur east-west, uh, was $18.50. A week ago is now 2525. Wow. And the 0.5 East West was 1825 and is now 2275 uh, yesterday, uh, closing on things. So you can really see that those things have widened significantly uh, on their prices, making Singapore relatively more expensive on things. And what I guess accounts for a large proportion of that move has been the dropping demand for high sulfur grades. And, was, and it's weak in the crack, and you can see that again week on week, minus 850 a week ago, uh, minus 940 yesterday. So significant move off, nearly a whole, whole dollar on the crack uh, for, for prices. And we have seen that this has been because of that high sulfur market losing that demand, um, mm-hmm. especially from um, the Middle East. So we've seen buying interest from Saudi Arabia has declined. Kuwait has not come, not issued by tenders for November loading uh, after Kuwait bought around about 80,000 tons cargoes in October. And electricity demand for air conditioning and in the Middle East is growing weaker as the temperatures come off towards the end of the year. So we're seeing that reflected in the market now and has pulled down those those Rotterdam yeah. prices. Meanwhile, if you're looking at the kind of medium size, medium level sulfur content of fuels, we are seeing a lot more tightness for that. Uh, this is kind of around about the 1% level of things, which is very important for blending and everything else. So you could see this increase in have more problems for those which are blended products for, for lower sulfur, yeah. for lower sulfur fuels, um, especially amid the movement towards that uh, with the really high LNG mm. prices that we've had. So something definitely to keep an eye on if that's something that's going to be affecting you uh, on that. So again, it looks like the, the scrubbers are finally coming to their own, but we'll <laughs> exactly, be, exactly. We'll be screwed somewhat in terms of environmental regulation, but that's another story. <laughs> uh, we're seeing other things such as major energy traders, Gumfor and Mercuria, have reduced the size of their trading positions. And commodity houses have been expanding their natural gas dealings in, in recent years, signing long-term contracts. Um, and with corresponding short positions in derivatives, or large losses on those. So a lot of movement happening in the nat gas and everything that's been going on with the LNG as well. Yeah. I'm sure that there's lots of other stories and things that have been happening. It's the big bit, which is uh, even filtering through to kind of non-commodity news on the BBC and others. So it's definitely a story which is affecting everyone around the world. Yeah. Uh, currently. Um, all the people who've been warning of these higher prices, we had uh, obviously outlined in the news that Russia potentially could be increasing those supplies <laughs> into coming into winter. But uh, this could be is not going to be a situation that's going away, especially coming to European winter, which is where a lot of these problems are, are really becoming quite acute for, for businesses yeah. and suppliers. And, and again, you want to watch for whether or not uh, that affects the shipping markets as well, the dry bulk. Again, the, the Europeans may well have to look 
as much as they don't want to at firing up a few more coal power plants this coming winter. Um, and so watch those Panamax rates if that happens, obviously. Yes. So, you know, that, that will be shipping mainly on Panamaxes coming out of the States, coming out of South America. So Especially for countries with high yeah. coal usage, such as Germany, which is around exactly. about 30% still. Exactly. Uh, unlike the UK, which is vastly more exposed to the gas prices <laughs> with uh, about 40% of electricity <laughs> exactly. on gas. But looking at the EIA, which we had, uh, we had builds last week, uh, plus 2.3 <clears throat> million on crude, plus 3.3 on gasoline, a very slight draw in distillates uh, and a drop in refinery utilization to below 90%, 89.6 now. Um, it is delayed by day this week because of the US holiday on Monday. So we will have API tomorrow, uh, API this evening, sorry, and the EIA tomorrow at four o'clock UK time. So something else to look out there for a kind of indication of what's happening in the US market. But on the physical sides, coming from our, our partner engine, and if you want to see a lot more of these reports and also their physical bunker prices, do log into our app and sign up to FIS Live. Um, they've seen kind of a more mixed direction recently uh, as Brent values have been volatile throughout most of the day. If you're looking at Rotterdam, we've seen prices up 20 bucks, Fijara 7 bucks, and Gibraltar 6 bucks for the very low sulfur. And the low sulfur marine gas oil is also up in Fijara, 30 bucks, seeing 27 up, and Gibraltar also less so, but uh, not so much of a problem, it's seeming in the US with kind of less of a price movement. But real big movements in terms of high sulfur fuel oil in Gibraltar up 31 bucks. Uh, per metric ton there and for Jar only 16. So it looks like the kind of med is really suffering from high sulfur shortage and some more movements on the other fuels uh, in the other bits. But that's what we're seeing on on, on the oil. And we've, we've got through to that. I think it was Goldman Sachs who said that we would be at 80 bucks oil. Yeah. And um, lo and behold, we are. <laughs> cool. But moving on, iron ore to finish off and round off the week. Theo, what have we seen? Hey, guys. Uh, the iron ore futures halted from the post-Golden Week surge as China pledged to curtail steel output, uh, which put pressure on the iron ore demand. So prices fell even more today, though are still up 30% in just three weeks. So the market has been whipsawed, having a look at the 30-day volatility. I see that it's now over 80%, which is heading back to its uh, high of 90% we saw in mid-September. So the big question for Q4 is how China's measure to cap the annual steel volumes uh, from last year's record will be implemented. I mean, some steel, steel mills are expected to increase production this month after achieving deeper than expected production cuts and as profit, profit, profitability increases. But other market watchers predict curbs may intensify towards the end of the year when construction activity typically slows. Uh, China's manufacturing sector is also uh, dealing with an escal uh, escalating energy crisis that's restricting uh, industry activities. Overall industrial power use could be cut by 10 to 15% in November and December, which will potentially translate into a 30% slowdown in activity in the most energy inten intensive sectors such as uh, steel, uh, chemicals, cement making, etc. Uh, Monday we did see, which was yesterday, we did see prices come off and um, off the back of um, meals restocking after the, the week-long holiday in China and physical traders are now waiting to see what the uh, winter pr pr production policy will be in the next one or two weeks. I read today that steel mills are still in the areas around Beijing and Taijing and Hebei province are required to cut output during the coming uh, heating season from mid-November to mid-March to reduce emissions. And that's according to a statement from uh, the Ministry of Industry, Information and Technology. So mills must cut their annual uh, output reduction targets by, this, by the end of this year 
and mills should also ration uh, steel production during January the 1st to 15th of March next year by at least 30% of output from the same time this period last year. Uh, steel output was down 7.8% month on month and 10.3% year on year in Q3 this year, according to the Chinese Iron, Iron and Steel Association. And interesting to note that the steel rebar output last week had unexpectedly increased. Interesting. Yeah. Um, but I, China, Sorry, go on. No, I, I think that's very interesting in the context here because the Chinese government has obviously made it very, very clear at this point that they're willing to let industry shut down in order to keep the lights on for residential customers effectively. Um, and, uh, and in fact, they may, may well regard this as a win-win situation since they were trying to curb steel output anyway. Um, so it's funny to see that rebar cranking back up. Uh, yeah. Any explanation behind that, Theo? No, no explanation. I mean, apart from the, the uh, strong steel mill margins and profitability there, that's pretty much all I can see. Yeah. Any other reason for it? Um, but uh, when it comes to iron ore, though, the, um, the imports from iron ore uh, month on month this uh, this September were down one point nine percent. One percent. The Australian uh, iron ore shipments uh, were, last week were pretty much flat, but the Brazilian uh, consignments were down about two. 1 million tons week on week. I mean, normally these lower shipments should mean price support, but the news uh, for out of Zhangxi province suspending an output from 60 flood affected coal mines probably will temporarily undermine the sentiment, I think. Uh, okay. It's a pretty interesting time. Yeah, very interesting indeed. Uh, surprising somewhat that the support's still there at these price levels for the iron ore. We'll have to see where that goes if this uh, the story of production curbs and power shortages continues. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've been I was been reading someone talking about a seventy five dollar hand on the uh, on Q four. I mean, that's uh, quite a significant drop if we get to that that point. Yeah, exactly. Since we're sitting in Q four now, um, then uh, that is quite a significant drop that needs to happen quite soon. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. Let's wait and see. This, this uh, energy crisis is not going away. It seems like it's, it's uh, gripping the entire world and entire complex. So um, it'll be interesting to see how this is going to affect uh, prices coming to the end of the year. Exactly. And it was poetic looking at the fact that when we started this podcast in, what was it, end of February 2020? 2020, yeah. And we had iron ore prices around about 60 bucks. Exactly. <laughs> and now we're discussing going, well, it's 75 handle on that Q4, we could be coming down again on that. And yeah. the, the entirety of um, with episode 75 of the podcast today, and in that entire movement, we've moved up over 200, 200 and what was the top of the? 220. Yeah. 220, yeah. and then back down to potentially coming down to 75 yeah. against there. It is exactly. a, a genuine roller coaster that we've been uh, we're going on when we're discussing these things. And we're coming into a Q4 with all those problems of the energy crisis, all those problems of production, the political situation that's happening, Mm-hmm. as well with Russia clearly playing uh, a game and all the things are about politically for the environment and the institutions going on as well, uh, as well as China, well, presidency is going, well, we will unite Taiwan with mainland China. <laughs> yeah, watch this space, watch this space. Yeah, there so, might not uh, be much yeah. of the space left uh, exactly, after that. Exactly, but, but, uh, indeed, we'll, indeed. If they, interesting we'll, times. We'll be bringing everything that's happening in terms of the commodity world and the impact of that well, on here. And speaking of the impact of that, we have the FIS Green Summit coming up, don't we? We do indeed. So if there's anyone out there who's going carbon emissions, what's that? Uh, I have to do this? Question <laughs> mark. Uh, what's going on? Uh, then we are hosting a two-day uh, 
conference about carbon and especially a, a good section there on shipping. So if there's any people out there who's looking at the, the kind of shipping and carbon, yeah. uh, this is true of both voluntary and compulsory and all those terms and everything will be explained on the day. But do go uh, get in contact with us at green at freightinvestor.com if you uh, are interested in the conference. Two-day conference in Wembley, London, uh, where we have industry speakers and some of the great traders who are currently doing it to explain what's going on uh, on that. And that is the uh, 24th to the 25th of November. So do make sure you get your places uh, for that. Uh, and I don't think there's anything else left for this week. No, not for my end. No, no, cool. not here either. Excellent. So for all those listeners, do get on that green summit. We're going to be having uh, some great speakers and it's going to yeah, be, uh, going to be really a good, good event. And it's not going away. So it's something you definitely have to get on. Well, COP26 uh, is coming up, isn't it? So uh, it's going to be on everyone's lips, isn't it? Exactly, exactly. Cool. But for listeners, do join us again next week where we'll be back with uh, our usual overview of markets and probably some crazy story of what's happening in iron ore and freight as usual. But uh, see you next week.